Welcome to Live Let Thrive, a podcast about the Airbnb life, the share economy, and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Micah and Steve. What's up, Stevie Stacks? What is up, Micah, man? I'm chilling, yourself? Oh, man, freaking stressed out from trying to keep everything organized and Airbnb, VRBO, Booking.com, chaos going on. It's just a mess, dude. Oh, man, that's why you got to switch to Hostfully, bro. Then you ain't got to be dependent on the big OTAs. What's Hostfully? The guidebook people? Nah, nah. Not only do they have guidebooks, they also have a property management platform system that they now use. Uh, We use Hostfully. It takes care of all of our direct bookings. It manages all of our calendars all in one place. And we can even provide discount codes to our guests that book directly on our website. And it integrates with a Boostly's website as well, which provides our websites. Mm, I have a Boostly. I want I want to start getting some direct bookings. Oh man, that's why you got to get switched to Hostfully and set up that Boostly integration, get your website up, and it helps you with your Google AdWords. So then you're no longer being PIMP'd by Airbnb. <laughs> I like that, man. We keep it real. It sounds like Hostfully keeps it real too. Yes, sir. Hostfully. Ho, ho, Hostfully. Hi. This is Will Slickers with Hospitality.fm, and we would love to hear your thoughts about this podcast and what draws you to continue to listen or to even start listening in the first place. If you could fill out the survey with the link in the show notes, we would love your feedback. And now, back to the episode. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome back to another exciting episode of Live Let Thrive. What's up, Michael Mann? I am chilling, Stevie Stacks, on this Friday night. How are you doing? Great. I almost called you Michael because Michael Chang is our guest today. So I, I was like, right, I almost called you Michael. Micah, yeah, what's up, Micah? Man, uh, we're do- <laughs> sorry, getting a rocky start already, but dude, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I, this is my, this is, you know, this is my zen. I'm ready to talk some shop on this episode 234 of your favorite Airbnb, VRBO, Booking.com, short-term, mid-term, long-term rental podcast in the world. Yes, sir, man. We're back at it. It's funny you call me Micah, man. I, I went into a clubhouse room yesterday and uh, they brought me on stage and Kirk was there and he goes, it's Micah, man. So, <laughs> I was, so I guess that's starting to stick with our audience here. So, yeah. Everybody knows me as Stevie Stacks. Yes. Yeah, I told you that story about our uh, my old uh, loan officer, whatever, from Wells Fargo. Uh, may he rest in peace. And, and he gave me that nickname, you know, Stevie Stacks. And then I told you about that and you call, started calling me that. So it's stuck, man. Let's go. Stack some money. That's what's up. <laughs> oh, well, anyways, about enough about us. We have a special guest on the show, Micah. Who we got today, Stevie Stacks. We have a certain Michael Chang on the show. How you doing, Michael? Hey, I'm doing well. Thanks, guys, for having me on. Cool, cool. Let me do a little lead-in for you, if you don't mind, if I can still read. Uh, Michael is co-founder and partner of Trust BNB Vacation Rentals. Based in New York, he it says we, I'll change it up. He owns and operates a portfolio of short-term Airbnb rentals in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and the Smoky Mountains, Tennessee. Prior to building his own business, Michael was a New York... Uh, Michael was a New York City-based investment banker who spent over a decade advising leading technology companies, private equity firms, family offices, and venture capitalists. He has advised and executed over $40 billion in transaction value across 50-plus deals. Michael was a senior vice president in the technology investment banking group at Jefferies. Prior to Jefferies, he was director in the Mergers 
and mergers and acquisitions group of Bank of America, Merrill Lynch, and vice president of mergers and acquisitions group at Citigroup in New York City. What's going on, Michael Chang? Man, I feel bad making you read all that. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> A lot of <laughs> my bad <laughs> yeah and especially since friday night accidentally i forgot about the podcast had a little whiskey so you know mm -hmm. i got through it that's the main <laughs> part i got through it and welcome to the show i want to start off with the first question how do you go from billions and mergers and acquisitions to um short-term rentals how the hell does that happen it happens when you work like 120 hours a week and you don't see your friends or family and you know you just you want to change um you know, kind of high finance in New York for 10 years. And it was great. And, you know, I love the experience, but I just knew that there's just something else for me in life and real estate, Airbnbs. Um, it was, I was lucky to find it. Um, and it just gave me, and, you know, it says we in the bio because my wife and I started a business together. So it's definitely a we, um, but it's been a great ride over the last five years. You started five years ago. Yeah, we start. I mean, we started really, I guess, six years now. We started as a side hustle in December 16. Um, wife's dad has a has a building and a small building uh, in New York. And it was a vacancy. It was like a three, two, uh, three bedroom, two bath. Tenants moved out. We read about Airbnb. Like, let's try it. You know, we did it a few months like, oh, wow, this is pretty amazing. This kind of class B minus product with you know, not a lot of thought into the furniture can do this kind of cash flow. And, you know, I was a numbers guy. So I was like, okay, well, there's, there's something here. We need to, we need to like really figure this out. So that was a start. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's funny you should say that because back in the day before Airbnb started becoming like crazy deal, I've been to New York a few times, New York city. And man, I mean, to stay outside of Manhattan miles and miles away is still going to cost you 200 bucks a night. And I was like, God dang, dude, there was no there was no options. You had to pay out your ass to stay in New York City, you know, and anywhere, anywhere close by, anywhere far away. It was expensive. So then then Airbnb started popping up like yours and started, whoa, holy crap, we can print money with these things. I mean, three bedrooms, like you could, I, we were, I think in the beginning, I mean, we didn't know what we were doing in the beginning. We we're doing like 250 a night well in the beginning actually we were doing single rooms because we're like oh okay well this is be it's better to do single rooms because we can make more money this way uh, you know that wasn't correct <laughs> um <laughs> but it, it it got us started but yeah i mean you know those it would do like you know sometimes do more than 10k a month and it was just like this is ridiculous <laughs> and you know and if we were you know 25 minutes outside of manhattan mm -hmm. um so we just knew we did that once we did that first one, we knew there was something there. So from there, we, you know, we grew to like, four, we grew to about 40 units, both in, in New York and in Jersey city, which is right across the river from, from Manhattan and, you know, it, over like three years. So, you know, we're both still working, but doing it as a side hustle until my wife, we got married and then she quit her job to do it full time. So able to kind of scale that. And I mean, you know, now people won't believe the kind of numbers you could put up in New York City back in the day. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. But they came at you hard, right, with the ban? Yeah, yeah, the, the ban. I mean, it, there's a there's a deeper ban, actually, that's going to start up in, you know, three weeks. I mean, mm. we're, we're not we're not in New York anymore. So, you know, you know as you, you, you introduced me, we're in Philadelphia and Tennessee. Uh, we learned our lesson. But mm. it uh, now there's even stricter rules that are coming on the 9th of January. So... You know, there are a lot of operators still in New York City, but the game 
you know, it's, the game's going to change a lot. Do, now, and doesn't Philly have kind of strict laws or coming down with policies and laws at the moment? Yeah, yeah. Philly, too. Not as strict as New York. Uh, Philly is, as long as you're in a residential, excuse me, as long as you're in a commercially zoned district, certain kind of commercially zoned districts, you, you're able to to Airbnb. So, like I said, we learned our lesson from we learned our lesson from New York City, uh, and we're on, we're in commercial buildings in uh, in Philadelphia. So, the regulations are actually good for us because, I mean, you know, good for us in a way that supply is going to be constrained, uh, if not declining, in the near term. Yeah. I read of the riffraff. Yeah, I, I, I mean, you know, there are people out there doing like a good job. They're just not, you know, this rules weren't clear. So, like, I got a lot of respect for people that do this business. It's not an easy business. You guys know that. It's mm-hmm. a lot of, it's just like a lot of single pre- single man shops, single woman shops, or like you know, two people, couple, just trying to like make it right, trying to make some money for them and their family. So, mm-hmm. I got a lot of sympathy for people that. uh they get impacted by some of these rules because behind every every Airbnb, it's like there's someone's like dream, you know. So I'm uh, very very uh, cognizant of that. But I mean, we've we've been lucky to be able to grow the business in in Philadelphia. You know, we have the background in, in investment banking and it has some money from that. So you know, been able to build a nice business. And for us, it really was just like we want to build something where you know we can spend time with our kids, spend time with each other, just like have a life that we wanted. Versus just busting our hump for you know eighty hundred hours a week and never seeing each other and all that stuff. So yeah. that was like you know it's just like when t- intention. Some people intention is to to get a Lambo for us. It's just like spend time with the family. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Now w- now your portfolio mixture. You said you have a total of twenty six units, and you said they're a mix of ownership and arbitrage. What's your balance like? Is it 50-50? How does that? We own six of them on the rest free arbitrage. We actually just signed a deal today for 13 more units in, in Philly. So nice. yeah, yeah. We, we, we like the Philly market. Um, but yeah, like there, there's uh, and we can talk about it more, but you know, there's, if you combine arbitrage and buying, it's really, really powerful. Like you really can, <laughs> uh, you guys know this, right? Yeah. I'm preaching, I'm preaching to choir and for your audience, uh, you really maximize, you know, for me, it's all about how much, how much money, I get to keep at the end of the year, right? It's not about how much revenue. I think a lot of people like, you know, puff about revenue and listings and whatnot. But for me, it's all about how much money in my pocket. And for me, that's like after taxes too. So I got, I want to keep as much of that as possible, right? And, and do units that are like, you know, our units are, you know, they, they, they do a lot better. They're like 85th to 95th percentile in the market. So they do well. Um, so we, you know, we take the... We pick, we say quantity over quantity all the time. We want to take the we want to see the best units. Like these units we're taking right now are, are three bedrooms that have parking amenities and all that good stuff. So um, just like do stuff with intention, I guess that's that you know, I feel like that's where that, that's what we've had to guide us in, in this journey for us. Yeah, I like that because I mean, I do a mix uh, of you know arbitrage and and ones we own, and plus we manage also. So uh, I've always told people, and and I was able to um, to purchase uh, one of the arbitrages, and I'm working on purchasing two more of the ar- the ones that are we arbitrage. And you know, I'm just working on the owners; they they like me. I'm paying on the first of the month, blah blah blah. I'm I'm their best uh, tenant ever, kind of thing. And so um, fixing little things. And so I, it's it's just a it's it's an for me it's an entryway 
to buy this product. And, and plus I get to test It's, it's kind of like I get to test it out, test drive, you know, and see, oh, this thing can make me three or four grand a month. You know, if I buy it from this person at 300 grand, you know, even if the mortgage is 2,500 a month, I'm still going to make, you know, two or three grand a month on this thing. You know, I'm just, I'm just, I get to try it out first. You know, that's what's cool about being, doing arbitrage and ownership thing. And so when, when you said, when you said, um, so you got 26, six of them, are are um owned right six of them owned. yeah the rest are arbitrage yeah. we own the six we own the vacation cabins in tennessee okay so this is what came to my mind oh go ahead sorry no go ahead not please so this is what came to my mind we had a I guess a few shows ago um what's his name micah um uh Seb- sabio 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 yeah, yeah i know alex, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, know, you know alex. I know sabio yeah, yeah okay cool well that's what he was talking about he brought up this thing called cross segregation right uh of getting the house and, and you do you purchase it one purchase the house every year and you get to do the cross segregation study and you get to um, write off 100 percent bonus appreciation he's hadn't had he's legally hasn't had to pay taxes in a few years because he gets to write off all that depreciation up front and i was like holy crap so he's combining you know buying you know these places plus he's doing short-term rentals and making all this money plus he has a, a w-2 income still yeah which he makes a lot yeah. of money doing that yeah. Hey, it's going to be a shitload of taxes you're going to pay. You got to do something. So he's doing the cross seg and it counterbalances all that. Plus with some leftover. I'm like, whoa, you shit. You know, you learn something new every day. So that, that's what I, that's what's cool about it. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what we do. Uh, I mean, Alex is a little different because Alex, you know, he, he actually has a W2 job. So he's a healthcare professional. And it, I won't get into all the details, but that's exactly what if you have a full time job, but you'd still do short-term rentals as long as you meet some certain rules you'll still be able to offset that bonus depreciation to offset that expense against your active income which is really powerful there's nothing else like that actually anywhere so for anyone that's curious about this you really need to dig in because you can save yourself a lot of money and compound your capital a lot faster however and this is where the arbitrage game become supercharged is if you take your arbitrage income and you can protect your arbitrage income using the same strategy as what Alex has described, like buy places, cost seg them, get the bonus. And then that protects against all of your arbitrage income. So it does both for the active income and both for arbitrage income. And it's actually easier to do against arbitrage income because of other tax rules, which I won't get into, but that's my finance background. You know, like I'm pretty conversant in these things. So, um, and you don't pay self-employment tax on arbitrage income. So that's another mm. 15.3% that you save. So, I mean, I'm still not smart enough because I live in New York City. So I still have to pay <laughs> state and local taxes. But if I lived in Tennessee or Florida or Texas, good. I don't, I wouldn't pay anything. Wow. Well, wow, he was right. in California too. That's a high yeah, tax place that's too. A high tax th- yeah, and he doesn't pay taxes over there. That's that's well, insane. He, he's paying state taxes for sure. I mean, he's not paying federal taxes. He's, not, he's paying state taxes though. State tax, uh, this state tax rules aren't. Um, they don't. They don't recognize uh, bonus depreciation. That's just a federal rule concept. Anyways, it's, oh, this is too much. Like, <laughs> I don't want to bore your audience with like. No, no go ahead. I mean, I'm, I, that's that's the type of stuff we're into. <laughs> yeah, no, I, state and local taxes, uh, they don't respect those. But the bonus depreciation, it's a federal rule. It's not a state or local rule. So the states don't um, don't don't respect that. So you have to add that back on your state returns and pay your state taxes. Mm. And, one, and one more thing on that on that note before we get into other other, other topics. Um, 
So he has a great uh, CPA, right? And, and the one, the lady from Bigger Pockets, I uh, forgot her name. I'm sorry. Amanda. Amanda, there you go. Hun, yeah, and she as she she's the one that told him that started telling him to do short term rentals because that would turn him into a, a real estate professional and he could write off a bunch more stuff. So yeah. it's just it's just um, another reason to get into arbitrage, to get into short term rentals, to get into you know things like that, so you can um, save a lot of money in taxes, which is our number one uh, expense in life, right? That's what that, I it, oh, that that I'm so glad you mentioned that. People don't think about that. People are like oh, oh like housing or whatever. But now your taxes, if you're, pay, I mean, you're paying forty percent, right? I mean, that's you know, every dollar you make, forty cents goes to the government. Like, mm. if, you, if you imagine you get that forty cents back, I mean, your world is different, right? So, um, yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of like you know, I can make a million dollars in banking, right? But that's you know, I'm gonna take it home, like say five hundred. I make five hundred in short term rentals, like you know, I keep the five hundred. So, um, mm. without you know. And then doing your own thing. So, you know, we're talking about why I'm in this game is because, you know, I spend five hours a week managing that portfolio because, you know, I got VAs and got all the systems planned out now. And my time is spent on growing the business and, you know, living life, like, you know, being my family. I got a one-year-old daughter. So that's the most, and, and my guy, I, I know, you know, I know you're real about that. You're, you're big on the family side too. So I'm I'm hundred percent about that. Like that is, my focus is, you know, compounding capital and then like just being able to spend my mm. time how I want. I love so that. I'll be waiting for your book, The Five Hour Work Week. <laughs> it used to be the 120 hour, 20 hour work week. So you see, oh. these bag, see these bags under my eyes? I'm still there, man. <laughs> hey, so I noticed you, you said you own six. Now, your six that you own, you said they're in Tennessee. Uh, was there a reason why you wanted to choose to go to like to vac- the vacation rental market route? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I wouldn't buy, like, I wouldn't buy in Philadelphia, for example. Um, well, maybe, oh, maybe now the rules are a little clearer, but cities change their rules all the time. So that's a that's a big piece of advice for everyone here. It's if you buy something, just make sure that you know it's in a place that either like really respects property rights, right, or second, just is a long-standing tradition of short-term rentals, so that they don't change. Like in Tennessee, in in, in Pigeon Forge and Gatlinburg, the entire economy is based on tourists, overnight rentals. If you ban that, like the people there, they don't, they wouldn't eat. You know, so that that's the best protection you have, right? It's like the people that live there and pay taxes, like they depend on the industry. That's your best protection. And you know, when you're in Philadelphia or New York, for example, just the 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 tenant laws, the hotels are really strong there. So they see, I mean, you're taking, they feel like they're taking their money. So they, you know, they got the politicians uh, on speed dial and eventually they'll come back and get you. So look, arbitrage is great, right? Like, you know, you find a good market, you make a lot of money on it. That's great. Great cash flow. But if you just keep getting more arbitrage units, at least in my opinion, that's not a path to long-term wealth, right? You're like, you're just running on the hamster wheel. It's very capital intensive too. It might be very profitable, but you don't have a lot of cash in your pocket at the end of the day because you, you feel this need to continue to grow and you know why? It's because the landlords are always giving you more units. And, you know, you don't want to look weak in front of your landlord, right? You're like, oh, I have to take it. Or or Steve's going to come take it, right? I'm in a competition in my building. Or, you know, Michael, that's my landlord's going to be like, oh, maybe something's wrong with his operation. Why does he take these units? So you always feel this pressure to do more with that. And 
in the end, all you own is a furniture and a lease that's not assignable. Whereas like if you own property, like you own the property, there's a tax benefit, there's appreciation, there's leverage. Um, it's a, you know, if you combine those two things, it's a beautiful thing. I'm so glad you brought that up. Cause I tell people, if you're just picking up arbitrage after arbitrage, you could have really took some of that capital on those next 20 arbitrage you got and bought a house. If you really think about it, you know, you could have just bought something, furnished it and ready to go. Uh, but you know, it's one of those things. It, it's a mindset thing. You know, you have to have that. And I know you're a family guy like me, so I have to have that long-term goal and mindset in place. So I'm, I'm happy you brought that up to the listeners. Yeah. Look, I mean, it's different, you know, if you're like a 20 year old college student, you're just like, I want to try to get to a certain number as fast as possible. Look, I, I respect that too. Right. Um, mm -hmm. but if you're a little older and you have family or you're, you know, you, not that's, if you think about, if you're thinking about life in a different way, right. About like more like long-term kind of steady wealth creation, I think it's a better way. Um, cause the arbitrage game too, you got to remember, like I, I knew, you know, we've been around for a while and, I sent, I sent a lot of dead bodies after COVID, you know, guys that had like 150, 200 units. People just didn't, like, we just stopped hearing from them, you know, in our mastermind groups and our groups, they just stopped, they just, they disappeared. And you just worry about them, you know, cause you know, like it, you know, it was kind of game over and that's the thing. It's a, it's a very highly levered business model. So you just got to be careful. Like, you know, you, you don't want to, you don't want to do all this, you don't want to spend all this time, like all this work, all this money. And then like lose it all, right? Like BK and lose it all. Like that's not what you want. You want to like, you know, every year, like you're you're growing, you know, 10, 15, 20%. Cause in like four years, you're gonna double up, right? Versus trying to grow like double up in two years, three years, and then in five years, you don't have anything. I think all the people that are like day traded, like bought like these crazy stocks or crypto, like where are they at now? Right. Like mm. it doesn't work. It just doesn't like you got to time it really good. I mean, if you're that smart, like good for you, but very few people are that smart. Most people, uh, you know, hold bag, they, they hold bags at the end of the day. <laughs> hey, man, depending on fast money is a dangerous game. It's a dangerous game. That's a slow, you know, like real estate's a nice slow game. Airbnb already is like such a cheat code on real, on the, you know, I own one short-term rental in Philly for tax reasons. And I think I make $250 a month on that. And like, so in a year, what is that, right? Make like 3K, right? Mm -hmm. In one of my, you know, in one of my smoky cabins, like during Christmas, like we'll cash flow like 18K mm. a month. Mm. So those are like six years in one month. That's what I tell you, man. That's the good thing. And that's my future goal is to get into vacation rental markets because of that reason. Like I see the numbers. I'm like, you will cash flow in 10, 15 30, 10, 15, 20,000 in a month. I'm like, damn, I got to get to that vacation rental market. That, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And it doesn't lose, and you know, in bad months, it doesn't even lose money. Right. Cause it's just not, I mean, if you do it right, we, we don't lose money. Well, I don't, we have not, you know, I don't want to jinx myself. Um, but if you do it right, like those markets are really, really steady too. So it's really important to, um, it's really important just, yeah, like approach with intention and just kind of do the work up front so that you can grow steadily consistently don't crap out and in five ten years like you're like oh, okay i've done the really you know i have a really nice por a nice portfolio of 10 short-term rental properties you know say they're half a million a million each got five to ten million bucks of property loans being paid down i got a nice business got a nice str i got a nice like arbitrage business that's doing three four hundred k a year and you're working 10 hours a week and 
You know, you get to take your, you can walk your kid to school, you know, play with them, pick them up, give them a bath, put them down. And like, life's good, right? Versus like before I was like, I was like traveling, I was stressed out on my phone. I was taking calls like every second I was awake. Um, that's the, that's the life of a, I mean, like investment banking school, right? Like private jets and four seasons and billion dollar deals, like big paychecks. It's great. Like, no, I mean, I wouldn't give it up. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it back, but um you know different different like things at different points in your life Mm. so so early on when we first started this podcast many years ago um there was a guy that came on and started telling us about the smoky mountains he's printing money over there and he said y'all should get in on this thing you know he goes but he goes now the prices are high because when i got in nobody knew about it and now we're paying like eighty thousand, hundred thousand for these things. And me and Micah were like, "Oh man, that's a lot of money." And now, so, so now you're laughing probably because like those days are way gone, right? Man, you should listen to that guy, dude. I should. I, should. Guy, <laughs> I, 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 I gotta talk to him. Maybe I gotta figure out what that guy's doing. I'm gonna follow him. What's, What's his smart? name? Do you remember? Oh, that's Lucas Carl, man. Lucas Carl. Oh, oh Luke, 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 and Avery. <laughs> yeah, that's Avery, the guy. Dude, Avery, Avery, Avery was my broker first going in there, man. No, dude. Uh, yeah, you yeah. listen to him. We didn't listen to him. You listen to him. Uh, and we yeah. could have got him for cheap back then. And, <laughs> and you got in at decently cheap, I'm sure, compared to what they're valued at now. So, so what prices were you getting into back then? And, and these things, so these hey, mountains places. I, I get credit. My wife is the one that found the Smoky, so it really credit to her. Like she. You know, networked with Avery, uh, who's who's Luke's wife, and you know does the broker thing. Uh, but we started buying in uh, mid twenty twenty, so we weren't that early. But what we did is we we bought everything off after the first deal with Avery. We bought everything off market, um, so we were able to develop you know a way to get stuff off MLS, not on MLS. So we're able to you know get stuff at good prices, and you know more importantly, just getting good loca- you know good product, good location. Like th- that's that's even more important actually uh and not overpay right we, we were we were never in any bidding wars i mean there are people that paid a lot of money i just it's just a funny story we we did actually find something on mls that we really really liked it was just uh it was a brand new cabin beautiful view it was a floor forward is beautiful pool like like one of the best pools i've seen and the house was like it was like brand new like finish um it was like basically looked like gold like it was like this shimmery like really really golden brown color and my wife would like Oh, this is really good. We should get this. And uh, we bid uh, in hindsight a kind of stupid number. Thank God we got outbid by someone else that paid a like, hundred grand more than us. Like, thank God. Like sometimes the best deals that you know, like like as but just one that you can be, you still make mistakes. And like I, you know, thank God or thanks. Someone was looking out for us because like we lost that. And now like obviously you know that thing's not trading at that level. It's not trading at one point eight. It's probably like way below that. Um, but thank God that got the, the person that bought it at one point nine. Like. Thank you for them because uh, it saved us the time, it saved us a big headache there. But yeah, it was just 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 a funny anecdote. Sometimes the best deals are the ones that you don't do. Actually, that is true. I mean, they said twenty five percent of people are underwater right now, man. They it's 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 getting ugly out there. So yeah, good look, good job to that person. So, so speak towards that because you're saying you're making these uh, like during the holidays eighteen thousand dollars a month profit in these in these cabins over there in the Smokies now. I know that the secret was out a few years back of the Smokies and everybody went there. So is there saturation in the Smokies? Oh, definitely. There's a uh, air DNA that came out, you know, the, you know, supply continues to grow in the Smokies. Demand is, you know, the growth of demand growth is coming down. So there definitely is an imbalance now. 
Um, we're going to see more of that in 2023. So really important that if you're still, if you're there, that you just, you make sure you operate at a high level, right? You got to be 50th percentile or above, right? Because the Smokies is still going to get people, right? You got to understand like people are still going to come to Smokies. It's not like people are going to not go to the Smokies. It's just they're going to have a lot more choice. So you just make sure that you are, you know, a cabin that gets chosen. So cabins that are mismanaged on price, you know, not great decor, that kind of stuff, bad location. Those are the ones that are going to, um, I think, feel more pain. But all of us are going to feel some pain there. Uh, but, you know, that is kind of the nature of the game a little bit. You know, you, you have to, their cycles, right? It goes up, it goes down. So, so I was talking about, like, just being consistent in the, in the growth of your capital. Um, like, if you went all in the last six months, for example, in Smokies, then, you know, if you don't have a big cash reserve, you're gonna, you might be in some trouble for the next... Uh, 12 to 18 months. 12 to 18 months. Wow. What is up, Live, Let, Thrive fam? Here's some more Stevie Stacks talking about mother loving hostfully. The only PMP you'll ever need for your growing short-term rental business. What's a PMP, you ask? Well, it's your property management platform, of course. The thing that runs all your things. And Hostfully's PMP plugs in all your listings across all your different platforms like Airbnb, VRBO, Booking.com, and more, and puts it all into one convenient spot where you can update, edit, change, improve any of your properties instantly with just a couple of clicks. It's insanity. So in other words, it takes this clump of chaotic mess you've created while building your short-term rental business, and it cleans it all up for you nice and pretty, like puts a bow on it, makes it run efficiently, saving you hours and hours of your own precious time so you can go do what you do best, grow your damn business, or build a kayak, or jump into a cold river naked. I don't know what's your thing, and I really don't care. But Hostfully cares, and they're here for it, and you. But seriously, my short-term rental management company has grown to over 70 properties in 8 different cities across 3 different states, and I sure as hell couldn't have done it without the help of Hostfully. For reals, I've been using them for a minute. A minute in the urban dictionary sense, meaning a long, long time. Now, y'all, you know we keep it real on Live, Let, Thrive, and hopefully keeps it real as well. And they keep that PMP hand strong, because PMP ain't easy. So show some love to LLT by clicking that link in our show notes and get 100 bucks off Hostfully's property management platform, plus two free months of their industry-leading digital guidebooks. Two free months. Holy crap. Hostfully. Now, I do have a question for you. So like, you know, Airbnb is now showing the total price and, you know, everyone on Instagram was just flipping out. They're like, you know, everybody's booking just could jump off a cliff. Have you started to notice that in either the Smokies or Philly? No. no. Wow. No, sir. That's no, cool. Sir. No, we, um, like, I think the people that, uh, the people that complain Kennedy are the ones that like have trouble in their business and like that's the only way they can like kind of talk about it. The people that are making money, they don't have time to talk on, they don't have time to post about how, you know, about stuff like that. Um, no, we're fine. Uh, again, I, I think if your product is good, you're going to get booked, especially in a, in a good markets that have steady demand, like in Philadelphia, like, you know, Tennessee, like in Austin, you know, things like that, right? Like those markets are always going to get booked. So as long as your product is a certain level, like you'll, you'll, you'll be okay. Like you'll get booked. Maybe your rate might not be as great as before, right? Like 2021 rates were anomaly, right? Those were those aren't coming back. And if you if you bought based on that price, like 
it's going to hurt a little bit. Like it's going to be materially below that level. But if you have a good product, you might not get that price, but you'll get the occupancy. The problem is if you don't have that, pro you don't have that product. It doesn't matter how low you cut. I just learned a certain level you can cut, right? Until you get like the, the squatters and the, the druggies and, you know, you know, <laughs> partiers, right? Like you get, you get the people that, you know, start cooking in your, in your, in your places. Um, <laughs> and then you're out of the game. Right? That's my you... target market, bro. <laughs> <laughs> 29 bucks for a three bedroom. Okay. Yeah, fuck yeah. Come on in. Cook it up. <laughs> Now, in those markets, because, you know, like having a 12, 18 month reserve, you know, when stuff goes slow, how do you analyze those vacation rental market properties? Are you just because I know it's, everything's based on short term. Like, how do you analyze to say, OK, this is a, as a short term, this is going to do this because in metro markets, I analyze it based on long term. And then the short term is just icing on the cake. Right. How are you analyzing those deals? Um. So I, I have a I have my own system that I've designed uh, where I, I you know, yeah, so I'm you know my finance background. I have an MBA from Cornell, and you know ten years in in a bank. You know, looking at deals, right? And you know, underwriting is underwriting, building Excel models is like what I did for a very long time. So, you know, building my model, and then really using AirDNA, using a couple of different methods to get the occupancy data, to get the ADR data, to you know get us to a, a revenue that we're comfortable with, right? And then developing a a you know base case, high case, low case. And then knowing our knowing our um, expenses, right, to drive a profitability number, and then taking at that how much investment we're going in there, what's my payback period? So a bunch of different things that we look at to uh, make sure that we're you know getting into an investment that we we think has a high probability of success. Um, I mean, like I, I respect definitely the long term, you know, kind of having the long term as a fallback. Uh, that definitely works too. It's, it's, a, it's a really good approach because, you know, you always have a, a fallback position. But in the Smokies though, like you would never do the Smokies because there's no, those cabins do not have a long-term renter in there, right? Those are short-term. Mm -hmm. Those are all vacation folks. Yeah. That's like never, yeah. Like you, 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 won't even, you won't even cover your like electricity. I mean, it'd be hard to cover your electricity bill with uh with the long-term renter. <laughs> yeah. Smokies. See, and that, that's why I eventually want to get into the VR space because it is way different from the metro markets. Definitely, metro markets are metro markets are great for uh, for for arbitrage. Where do you, uh, remind me where where are your arbitrage? Where are your units? We arbitrage in the DFW area, and then okay. I buy in a smaller rural area. But I'm going to start once I start really ramping up to the number of long term doors I want in the metro areas. I'm going to move over to the vacation rental market because okay. I love that model. What do you think of the Dallas rules that are coming out? I'm, it sounds like to me, it sounds like they're going more towards the Philly route because you guys said you're good in commercial. seems like they're more or less Dallas just one doesn't, you know, the older demographic just wants them out of residential neighborhoods. That's basically what it sounded like. Um, I don't know. What else have you heard, Steve? Same, yeah. Same thing. The single family homes and residential areas, uh, they don't, it doesn't look good for them um we might still be able to do it out of uh you know apartment complexes uh multifamily stuff like that kind of like what arlington does arlington texas did the same kind of thing um mm. but yeah single families it's not looking good and it's funny i'm in a group that that talks about this and what you know they, they they're part they're involved in the fight and, and a lot of <laughs> today some more like well, what is y'all's plans if you know i have like five houses in dallas what are y'all plans if this if this goes through you know what do we do you know 
I hope you didn't base your numbers on short-term rental numbers because you got to either turn them into regular traditional long-term rentals or, you know, corporate rentals or, or sell these or sell these things, you know? I mean, it's not really, you can't just say uh, your business is dying because of this one thing. You shouldn't have based your whole business on that model. Yeah. 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 You know, for people that are bought, that bought based off that definitely, um, you know, in, in some trouble. Right. And, and that's why, like, you know, my point, we, like, I would never, I would never buy short-term, like I would never buy short-term rental based off of just those numbers in an area like Dallas. Right. Like I would, it would have to pencil as a, at least an MTR, if not a LTR for me to do that deal. But there's those deals don't have a lot of juice in there. Right. So I think for me, it's more like doing the work to try to find markets. There's another one that we found too, that we really like where kind of vacation rental market um, that we feel will have longevity there that we can buy invest, and then give us some really, you know, good cash and cash returns. So yeah, I, like following the herd is uh, it's not it, it, following the herd is tough, right? Because you're you're kind of late to the game, so you're buying other people's bags at, at a certain point there. So you just have to kind of be careful. <laughs> yeah, because I know right now everyone's running down to Alabama Gulf Shores, so like you start seeing those markets where everyone's just piling in there. So yeah, you de definitely got to. I like how you said you're doing your own research on different markets. Uh, because I mean, think uh, Rose Tipka came on and she told us about a market up in Michigan, like, or I think it was Michigan. We had no clue about, but it's killing it, you know? So there are still those markets out there, especially if you know an area, like is there's, I think there's areas in the Pacific Northwest that people would die for it. They just don't, you know, if you just know about it and take advantage of it. Yeah. So yeah, like just, just networking, talking with people that you get along with. Um, there's been, you know, kind of being a, being a good person, right? Like sharing your information, you got people, someone's looking for help, help them out. Um, and then everyone does better. So very much, very much in that mindset, like Alex Savio too, like he, uh, he helped a lot of people help me like questions I had on a new purchase that I bought. Like he helped me out trying to figure out, you know, what to do, you know, certain things I didn't know about. Like he's like, oh, okay, I did this and that and the other. It's like, okay, well, this is actually really good advice. Um, so even people that have been, you know, I've been doing it for a long time. I still get to, you know, still learn from others. So keep an open mind for sure. Uh, you know, listen to you guys, especially your show. Y'all's, uh, got good nuggets, really, really good, uh, really, really good nuggets. So I love it. Ah, oh, thank you for listening, man. Uh, let me try. That's what we should change our name to good nuggets. That's uh, <laughs> instead of live, let thrive. Uh, I, I had to touch on one thing, cause you, you know, you mentioned in the passing is the, you know, so people come into markets, but you're you're established and you do things a certain way that you're you're not worried about these um these scrubs coming into the market, right? So how do you differentiate different? It's a hard word to say when you're on whiskey. Differentiate <laughs> your your units from from those you know young young scrubs coming through these twenty year olds that are trying to oh I'm gonna get me an arbitrage and do this and that and then they get their asses kicked, <laughs> but you do okay. How do you do? How are your units different than theirs? Yeah, like I, I mean, there's some really smart 20 year old kids. So, uh, uh, you know, I don't want uh, Gen Z to give me mad. Not at me. too many. Not too many. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I would say, you know, one thing is they're undercapitalized generally. They don't have enough money to, you know, they have enough mm. for the basics. They're like, you know, kind of more of an IKEA special versus doing, you know, kind of giving, giving the design using design to your advantage and having mm. it look good, right? I'm lucky. My wife comes from a luxury goods background. She spent a bunch of years at Tiffany's. So she really understands like the luxury game, making stuff look nice. 
and giving the guests a good experience, right? So that, that I think that's the first thing is not maybe not enough capital to actually do it right. And second is just not having the right systems in place. And what I mean by that is they're just on Airbnb, they're not on all the different platforms and they don't know how to actually do, like, have a proper guest experience. So, you know, they can't consistently keep above a seven, you know, 4.85, 4.9 reviews and they're constantly, you know, have a bad guess. Then they have to take down their listing, redo it again. And then, you know, they're always like, brand new listing or like, you know, eight reviews at like 4.73. And then, you know, a week later that listing is gone and to do it over again. Like, like I know this game too. Right. So, um, you know, that, then that, that makes it a lot tougher business because you're always going uphill because your product is not good enough. And, you know, you can't scale that way. Right. Like you're going to recreate your listings every like two months. You can, but you know, it's just a lot of time. Mm. Um, and that time could be spent if you kind of did it right in the beginning, right. That mm. time can be spent on, on growth. You, you know, that reminds me of, so we have a buddy, a friend of the show, he listens and, and he's a friend of ours too, Elijah Bilal, you know, you know, Micah, you know, Elijah, he comes Elijah. to all of our, yeah, he comes to all of our events and stuff. Uh, so, so two arbitrages that we managed for somebody, uh, they wanted out, you know, it's a slow season, people are struggling and they're trying to buy a house. So they just wanted them off the books and said, Hey, can you chop these around? See if anybody wants them. So Elijah said he'd take them. Right. And so they're, I mean, they're even giving them the furniture dirt cheap you know the ikea special like you mentioned and he say and i said well you get this furniture dirt cheap you're getting into these things you can start making money day one he's like you know what that's, that's a good deal and all you know but yeah i don't want that furniture you know i i, I want and he, he mentioned you micah he's like you know i want the i want to travel i want to i want to target a certain demographic i want to have king size beds i want to have this kind of furniture this kind of sofa this kind of tvs he goes so that stuff that got in there you know it doesn't fit what i'm going for even though it's dirt cheap i'm going to go ahead and put in what you know the stuff i'm going to have my designer design it correctly and i'm going to have my things that 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 target the people i want to put in there and i was like whoa that was uh, gangster right there that was pretty cool yeah, you don't want to inherit someone else's problem. Look, I mean, sometimes it's because something's cheap. It's cheap for a reason, right? Like, don't get fooled by that. I mean, you're trying to operate, you still got to pay that rent. So, yeah, now it's funny the deal that we're doing right now, there's a bunch of furniture in there, but it's like the landlord was like, oh, you know, there's like, I'll sell it to you. I was like, I don't want it. You can throw it away <laughs> if you want. Um, like, I don't want any, like, and he was like, oh, really? Like, you sure? I was like, I don't need, like, I wouldn't put full size beds in a bedroom, like, they're king beds, like, People are on vacation. Like that's how you get that's how you get to 85 percentile and above, right? Like that's the game. That's not like queen beds that like metal, like metal um bed frames, no box spring. Like that's not gonna do like that's just not gonna work. Someone that's gonna pay like 275 a night is not gonna want that, right? You're gonna get like someone's pay like a buck quarter, a buck and a quarter, and you know, leave your kitchen a mess. And I know it's just, it's just not like there's just a way to do this um properly, which you know, we been able to develop over the last few years and for us it's like, like we built a mousetrap that we know works so we're just going to replicate that mousetrap like not smart enough to build another mousetrap just one thing that works and just replicate that mm. one thing you guys are really you guys are both robbing some good dreams because like if you're buying turnkey units because I, I, I watch a lot of alex Xavier too I, I follow all the short-term rental people he just bought one i think down in uh i think the smokies or somewhere and he said yeah, it's closed yeah yeah, and he's like, "Hey, I, I, this thing was turnkey," but he said I had to go get new stuff because when you're when you're are buying doing like the turnkey thing, especially right now when people are hopping out of the game, you do have to be prepared to spend that extra cost because 
we all operate differently, right? Some people don't operate with the target market. Some people don't operate uh, to the level that you want to operate at. So you got to be prepared to go ahead. Yeah, you're getting it turnkey, but you might have to get rid of all that stuff because if they're operating, catering to this group and you want to cater to this group, you got to set aside that cost. So in the short-term rental space, I don't think there's a such thing as a turnkey investment. It's turnkey, but it's not because you definitely have to change things up, man. Like people just don't operate the same. So systems are different as well. You know, like I got to have a stay fight on my systems. They probably don't have those. So it's so many things that, that come into play on that. Good point. I mean, hey, hey, you got to look at, you got to look at Sabia's la- uh, latest uh, video about how you kind of kind of hack around um, stay fi. I actually think it's like, I actually think it's a better system. I, I actually think it's a very elegant system that he's cracked and we're going to do the same thing in our cabins. I actually think it's a great idea, actually. Go ahead. Let's throw it out there. Oh, no. So basically like, you know, you just throw on a QR code, right? So basically, you know, everyone wants, what's, what's, what's the first thing you go when you go to an Airbnb? What's the first thing you got to do? Besides use the bathroom, maybe, right? First thing you got to do is what's the Wi-Fi, right? Wi-Fi, Everyone's yeah. like, what's the Wi-Fi, right? So, you know. You walk around the house and look for the Wi-Fi, right? It's either in the manual or maybe they post a sign. So what's a better way of doing that? Post a QR code. Now everyone post COVID knows QR code. Pop the QR code. It goes to like a Linktree site, for example, right? Has your thing on there. But it's also like, hey, uh, uh, give us your email for... You can also be like, give us your email for the um for the wi-fi information right they have a subscribe button there it goes right into your mailchimp and then the return message can be like this is your wi-fi password so it's the same thing as safe high and or you can put it on other parts of the uh, other parts of the link tree and also then you can like say you have a a referral code for doordash or gopuff if you're in philly right like we do or discounts for other um discounts for other vendors in your market, for example. So instead of the stay fi where, you know, you get the email like, waha, and you're paying like 200 bucks for the equipment, it breaks down, you gotta get someone to fix it. Like this is way more elegant. You have no other equipment besides your internet. You get the email right into your MailChimp and you might make some money from the referral codes and you like give them a better experience because they click on it for the house guide, click on it for coupons, this, that, and the other. So you, it's a revenue source for you versus being a revenue source for stay fine, sir. And that's Savio. That's not me. And we're doing that because Savio uh, cracked a code on that. And I love it. I like that. I like that link tree. Play. <laughs> that link tree plays a big one. That That is a big one. I like that. And then it's you, free. Can, I know it's free. You can send a and- link you want. And and you and you you can manage it remotely. You never have to worry about your your stay fire breaking down, someone underplugging your internet, any of that stuff, right? And you're not paying for the equipment. You never have to worry about it. Like that. Has he yeah. found, has he found a way to grab their email their 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 phone number though? Uh, I mean, you can you can you, I mean, you can pay for the higher tier and then have it um, take the email too. I mean, take the phone number too. There are ways that you can play around. Look, once you get them to on your site, you can do whatever, whatever you can do whatever the heck you want, right? It doesn't have to go to a link tree. You can just go to a landing page, for example, that you know is just like, hey, do you like thanks for staying at the cab and enter your name and and phone name, enter your name, address, phone number, whatever your birthday, for example, whatever it is that goes on a form that, in, into Mailchimp, and then if you know the Mailchimp, you can set it up where it gives you an email right away or text right away if you want to hook it up to. Um, to uh uh twilio or something right so then it, it shoots them over the uh the wi-fi information you can do any, you can do anything once you have it on the website you can do anything you want hey, and man. that's the beauty I, of it 
I want to be in touch with you regarding that because I want to know your progress. That, that, that is dope. I like that. I like that. Yeah, no, I, not, not my, again, like, you know, I just, you know, like try to find good ideas from people and just try to, you know, just tweak it so it works for me. So um, again, like just keep an open mind, right, uh, on how you can be better because there are a lot of smart people in this industry and uh, just like find smart people and like learn from them. <laughs> so on that, on, podcast. Go ahead, Steve. Yeah, on that note, how do you um let me see what's your percentage of stays that are direct stays instead of like from airbnb and stuff? Uh, this, this is this is the sad part i uh i gotta learn from you guys now we're we're probably 70 percent airbnb and the rest of Vervo booking expedia but we're, okay. we're predominantly airbnb uh direct bookings like sub two percent oh okay it's not much okay. philly philly people don't come back right so that's one thing philly doesn't really work uh smokies it would, would work we haven't cracked the code yet you know what what i talked about what Sal, what alex just did we're gonna you know obviously we'll try that as well um but we yeah we haven't we haven't cracked the code i have a different mindset about direct bookings um i want my you know airbnb does a great job of marketing and i know building your house someone else's land um mark simpson <laughs> i get it i love mark um but i would say you know if i can build a really you know if I, they're helping me with marketing, you know, their systems are going to be way better than mine. Right. So why don't I just build a really nice house on that and then drive traffic to that. And it's going to convert for me. Um, there's definitely a risk of getting kicked off of that. So definitely mindful of that, but we're just, you know, again, we, we don't know how to do that kind of direct marketing well. And I, I did the math. It's just like, we might make a little bit of money on that, but I'd rather spend that time on, you know, making money, like doing stuff that we're already good at, just kind of like taking that mousetrap that we know how to do and just like pouring resources and time into that versus trying to build different mousetraps because um, it's hard. Like it's hard to find something that works, right? And that's the thing also, like people in a lot of different markets, I don't know how people do that well. Maybe some people can do it really well, but for me, it's like find like one, two good markets that like you really know, know the right cleaners, know the area, know all that stuff, and then just like grow there. Uh, that's our strategy. Good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, here's one thing with the, cause we go through this too, you know, we're trying to get to the direct bookings and, and I lost my trade of thought. Cause you're saying you got like around 2%, right? 2%. Yeah, very, very and, low. Yeah. And, and I'm thinking automatically I was thinking, well, Philly, yeah. you see it once you're good, but, but the Smokies, I was thinking, man, that's more like a family oriented thing. They go there and they see like a family vacation. It's like, this is really nice. We're going to rent this. This is a beautiful place. We're going to rent it next year. Everybody, we're going to rent this freaking place next year. And I think that would, that would just be a, a, a layup, right? I mean, in my mind, I'm like, you just, you have all your, your QR code, boom, 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 rent it next year. You get a 10% discount. I don't know, however you want to do it, but it seems like a layup. We, we've done that. Yeah, that's exactly what we do. That's like the, for us, I think kind of the lowest common denominator there is just like, we get their emails from, you know, we get their emails a certain way. And then we will every month, like one of the VAs sends an email, like, you know, find some local event. And then if you come back, you know, use our direct booking site and take 10% off. Uh, actually, we, we give 200 bucks off because 10% on some of those nights are too big. So I can't give that, I can't give up, I can't give up that much margin. Right, right, um, right. But I'll just pay them, yeah, I'll give them a couple hundred bucks off to rebook. We've had one or two. I mean, the thing's only been there for like two years. So there's not enough time for that to enough emails and time for me to come back. But I agree with you, right? Like you have to know, 
you got to, you need to know, you got to get the info for your own guests, right? Or their Airbnb's customers. So you got to get your email name, phone number, and then like converting that into direct bookings. We need to, we need to do a better job of. So if you guys got future guests that are like ninjas of that, please uh, book them so I can listen to your, <laughs> listen to the show. One thing I will say, Steve made a good point. People coming back is definitely a, it's a target audience type thing, right? So when you come to Philly, I don't know what your target audience is, but how I've been getting people to direct bookly, direct book with me in Dallas is I'm, I'm, I'm starting to really shift towards business travel. So I had this company, they just booked my two of my places directly in Dallas, but I'm just kind of networking with the business. So then they come back. I think Philly, if business travel is like kind of more your style or niche up there, you could definitely get people to book direct. So direct bookings is very much, it's a target audience thing. If you're just having uh, more or less tourist transient, it's usually not going to get direct. So I wouldn't even waste my time if that's not your target, you know? So yeah, that, that target audience is really peak key when it comes mm. to direct bookings. Um, if you want to listen to guys want to listen to a really good episode on like getting direct bookings and like vacation rental markets, I would say, listen to our episode with Rose Tipka. She does a very good job of doing it. Like, and it's kind of how Steve said it, the family oriented thing. Like she networks with all the local people and same with, uh, what's his name? Um, Doug, Doug's, Doug, how's it say Doug? Doug's yeah. a beast. Doug's the next level at it. Like he, he has them. Like he knows his audience so well. Like he has them fishing poles already laid out when they come. He knows they like to fish. He, he, he. Wow. Goes, yeah, Doug takes it to another level. I was like, damn. Like if if a concert's coming, he sends him an email for the concert, but he goes and buys them tickets for the concert. I'm like. Damn, bro, that's crazy. And they're, they're guaranteed to come. Like, hey, oh, this, yeah. like they're coming. It that was <laughs> next level. It's, it's so much. And it's one of those things, like you said, Michael, it's one of those things that you just kind of have to spend time doing it. He's been doing it 30 damn years. So I mean, you know, so yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely time and like uh that's a lot of work. Um <laughs> I, I look, I, I respect people that really take the hospitality to that level. Um that's I think that was kind of like, that's the Airbnb, that was the maybe Airbnb ethos, you know, like just really host is there guiding them through a neighborhood um, and like, you know, bless them that they do that. That's, that's great to hear. I love that. I'd love to hear that. Um, we got to figure out a way to do it. Like that fits what we try to, what we do. Um, we're kind of the opposite in the way we're like, we try to talk to the guests as little as possible. Same here. Like, <laughs> like, it's a win if we never if they never talk to us is actually for and give us a five star review that's actually a win right because you know we all the automated messages all everything is like they have everything they need they don't need us um but yeah that doesn't translate to, you're right that doesn't translate into direct bookings that's just uh that, that, that's funny you say that because I, I am the very much same way on airbnb um when i do get them because once they're on airbnb i do try to you know i try to guide them as much as possible to book direct you know, like the, the stay fine stuff, but I am like that. I'm kind of like, eh, hopefully it talks to me at least possible. I don't mind direct booking guests call me because they are a great source of sending someone else to your place. That yeah. is a good thing about it. For sure. For sure. Um, yeah. Look, yeah. That's definitely something that I took a note of. I'll definitely listen to Doug and Rose. Um, we, we, yeah. That's something that we can definitely improve on. Uh, we're just trying to, right now is just like trying to get more for us. We think arbitrage right now, arbitrage in 2023 is going to be like any arbitrage in the last, we haven't, we actually didn't really grow last year because 
the rents were crazy, right? Like <laughs> there was like very little supply and the, the you know, rents were 20, 25% year over year, like increases. So rents were crazy, no concessions, really no supply. And we're like, we're like competing. It was funny. I, I was talking, <laughs> I was talking to someone today that owned a building and he said, they had to get some ace they they had to get some work done on the on the on the roof it was a million bucks that got quoted they waited for a little bit and then during co or during like last year there was like the, the vendor came back and said it was like 2.4 million to fix it and they're like no we're gonna wait and then they waited like till they just signed a contract with them like a few weeks ago and it's back on at 800k so just just a cent i mean just it's just one example it's just like you know this pricing was just crazy so we waited so we waited to we wanted we waited till like the market was just more rational we did our underwriting like this we can't make money here so we don't so we didn't do it just waited be patient and now we're seeing you know deals for like three months up front three and a half months up front you know significant discount to asking rent uh you know more friendly tenant terms to us uh because it's winter and people are worried there's more inventory coming online so you know it, it's the thing you just you, you gotta sometimes the best thing to do is nothing right or sometimes the best thing to do is arbitrage sometimes to buy just have different skill sets so when the market whatever market condition you're in you can still thrive and still make money right ultimately the end is to make the goal isn't to like be busy and like you know just like hustle culture we're like i gotta be doing something right sometimes the better thing to do is just like do the research and just wait and then when the time comes like right now like we think it's a good time um just you know got these 13 units we're looking at 40 more and we didn't do like we didn't grow anything in the last few years or last year two months in philly um but now we're gonna you know put the put the pedal to the metal i hope the 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 listeners just heard that gym you just dropped that's one gym that about arbitrage people don't really pick up on. If you pick them up in the wintertime, get way better rates, way better yeah. concessions. You pick up arbitrage, that's the perfect time to pick up arbitrage in the dead middle of winter or go do it. No, I, I, I want to pick up units in the middle of January, right? So that like my first month, it's going to be bad, but it's going to be bad anyway. So I discount it, get some guests in there. And then when March comes out and I have a review, I have a, I have a five-star, you know, eight reviews all good reviews because like they didn't pay that much and like it's a brand new place so like they love it and that's when the high value bookings come right like you don't want to like you don't want to launch when it's busy right because you have to give low rates so you're losing money and when you should be making the most money right so like i'd rather discount if i want to make a hundred bucks i mean if i want to charge a hundred bucks I'll, I'll go to 80 bucks it's fine i lose 20 bucks but if i'm like it should be 400 i give 20 percent of that i mean 80 bucks back just to get that book, like th that math just doesn't work for me. Um, but that also, you know, you need experience doing that. You need money too, right? Cause then you're going to, you're going to be, you know, kind of pretty light those first few months. So you got to make sure that you have a, you have a, you have a reserve, right? So that um, if it's, if the winter is colder than you think uh, you, you can, you can still be okay and you don't panic. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. The main word I heard, I heard from that was patience, man. Cause like so many people want to do, do something right away. Right. And people that, you know, that, that took our little course that we, we did a little, uh, you know, a little thing back a few months ago and they were all hyped up about, about getting into it and everything. They never did. Um, which is most people, they never jump into it, but then there's some that just want to jump into it right away do you know, get whatever rent they can and, and, you know, overpay, you know, just to, just to get in the game. Whereas a little patience, you know, back then they were dictating, no, this is the rent, no concessions, no nothing. 
now it's starting to crack a little. I, I mean, I have a buddy that um, contributes for Bigger Pockets, pretty big, and he, and he, pretty, yeah, not to shoot my own horn, but he's a pretty big dude in Bigger Pockets. But he, he called me up, you know, FaceTime. He's like, because I, because I put something, I put a comment on one of his things. Hey, let me, let me do some short term rentals at your, at your brand new complex you're putting up. Because, and he was pretty much saying, hey, why would I do that? You know, I'm getting top of the market rent. I'm getting this much money. I'm getting all my rents. I mean, I'm getting 100% occupancy. Why would I give some to like someone who wants to do short-term rentals? It doesn't make any sense. And I'm like, I was like, you're right, dude. I mean, if you're getting, if you have no trouble filling your units and you have no trouble getting the top dollar, you know, for every single unit, that's fine. And we were just in a, in a time where that's where that was happening, you know? It's not like that anymore. I mean, things are coming down. And so that's when we we were able to get good deals and get in there and say, hey, you're at 50 percent occupancy. Uh, we can help with that. We can grab a few units and we could do some midterm short term rentals in your place and they'll and they'll give them to us. You know, it just depends on the time and, and the timing is, is a huge thing and being patient and getting those good deals. Yeah, you're right. Just being just being pa- being patient. Right. Doing the work up front, underwriting the deal properly. And then you're going to make money, right? You're going to make money consistently. Like that is the, the goal of this is to make money. The goal of this isn't how many doors you get, how many revenue, how much revenue you have, right? It's it's how much money you're making. And, you know, gosh, if you're making 300 bucks a month and you're working your, you know, working your butt off, you know, managing short-term rentals, like that doesn't pencil for me either. Like it has to make enough money for it to work, to work, to be worth the time because it's, it's, it's a, you know, now we've automated it, but in the beginning, like it's, it's definitely worked. Like, you know, you're, uh, you're working, you're working hard. Mm. Sure. Right. Uh, big time, man. So who has the best cheesesteak? <laughs> uh, I forgot, <laughs> I, for, I forgot the name. It's not Pat and Gino's. So there's Pat's and Gino's. Those yeah. are the two everybody knows, I, right? I should have just said Pat and Gino's. I should have just said Pat or Gino's. Just to just to, now, there's a, there's a place by the Home Depot actually um, in South Philly that's like really 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 good. It's like five minutes from the from the um, from the, uh, it's, the it's called it's called John's actually John's Barbecue. Um, it's like right on the railroad tracks in the kind of South Philly there. Um, it's only open like certain times a day, but it's like really really good cheesecake there. Uh, cheesesteak there. Uh, so that's where I go. I forgot the name. Oh, um, nice. Check it out because that I'm, I'm supposed to be going to the northeast here soon. That's the only part of the United States I have not been to. So, and right. I'm supposed to go, but COVID hit and I was took me out, couldn't go. Uh, so yeah. I, I, right. I'll tell a quick story, real quick. Yeah. So, about because a few years back, I mean, it was, I guess it was the first time that the Powerball passed a billion dollars, whatever. My dad was saying, We got to buy tickets, we got to buy tickets. I was like, I don't play that shit, whatever. He's like, No, no, no. <laughs> Because I work, you know, I still work. I'm, I'm, I'm. This is my last year with the airlines, but I still work for an airline where we, you know, fly for free, whatever. He said, "Let's get, give me, let's, let's hop on a plane and go to Philadelphia and buy some lottery tickets." I'm like, "Why the hell are we gonna go to Philadelphia?" He's like, "Cause I, I studied it. You know, thirteen of the past fifteen um, Powerball winners are from that that area. You know, of the Northeast and the Philadelphia, Pennsylvania area." I was like, "What?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah, I saw it in the news." I was like, "Oh." he was bugging me but all right freaking let's fly to philly you're buying me some cheesesteaks though i'm I'm gonna get us on a plane but you're buying us some cheesesteaks and we talked to some people on the plane and we're saying okay which one should we go pats or gino's you know that's all we ever heard of that's all every here in texas we all we have pats and gino's he goes don't go to those tourist spots he goes go to this place over here take this take this road over here it's called um steve's prince of steaks that's what that's i you know 
You might have heard of it. I never heard of it. Whatever. A little freaking hole in the wall, whatever. We went in there and, you know, like I said, we flew in, took the train, freaking, you know, graffiti fucking scenery all the way down to the downtown area. I was like, no, this is a gritty ass city, man. This is in the wintertime too. And then and then we uh, <laughs> went to this Steve's Prince of Steaks, hole in the wall, fucking carpeted, peeling off. I mean, this little, but the cheesesteak was a fucking out of this world dude nice. and they said don't don't get whip uh, uh what's it called whip uh the, the the cheese whiz on don't get cheese whiz on it get this provolone get that whatever i did the cheese whiz i gotta get two cheese whiz you know <laughs> anyways fresh vegetables fresh slices of these steaks i mean this thing was amazing right so i do remember that so they said uh-huh. stay away from those touristy spots get get go to this um thieves prince of steaks you said another one that's probably pretty good really good we bought like a freaking everybody heard that we're going to Philadelphia. And so we're, we bought like 500 of these damn lotto tickets. I think we didn't hit nothing. And <laughs> it was an experience. I'll talk about it the rest of my life. So I'm cool. I'm, I'm glad I did it. But I was really not too impressed with Philadelphia, man. I, I wasn't really. It's, it's uh, yeah, no, it, it's uh, it was gritty. It's, it, it was gritty. It's definitely a gritty city. Um, uh, but. The, the food the food the food scene there is actually pretty pretty legit and coming mm-hmm. from new york city uh you know there's some really good restaurants there and but you know people like people come to people go to philadelphia and that's the thing on, on the market side right like you want to find markets that you know there's a lot of a lot of different people come right so you have a lot of different sources of demand like philly has the sports it's business has uh education right has a lot of universities there has a lot of hospitals there and it's in the Northeast, right? So, you know, Northeast, higher ADRs, people have more money to spend. Um, so, that's, I mean, I don't want to keep pitching Philly because I got a bunch of people that listen to your podcast and I'm going to be my competitors. Um, so, it's actually really bad. So, don't, don't come at all. Um, uh, go to go to Dallas-Fort Worth. Oh, man. Damn. Right, so, you know, Sean, our buddy, our buddy Sean Resigic, he he's in Philly and he, he was getting his ass kicked. So, He's not a big fan and he's a lot more followers than we do. So yeah, I don't think a lot of people are flooding Philly anytime soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Sean, Sean, uh Sean, Sean's doing great. Sean's Sean, I think he just got a penthouse or something like that. So uh he, yeah. he's, he's he's doing well. He's yeah, yeah. We went to his yeah, we went to his last penthouse before he uh I think he did get he turned into a peer space. So yeah, it was yeah. a really cool penthouse, man. So he's he a real cool dude, fan of the show. So He's pimping, pimping, yeah. But he was having a lot of troubles in Philly, though, because of the regulations and stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but if he goes your route and gets commercial, he's cool. Good. <laughs> yeah, like, we we learned our lesson, right? So just, you know, we we, we got our bumps and bruises in, in, in New York. And, and and also, you know, it's just not... It, it actually is a blessing in disguise because now we operate, we have to operate remotely. Right. I mean, Philly is still an hour and a half drive. Like I can't, I've never, uh, I can't say never. I did one time, like an emergency drive down there to like fix something, which ended up not being an emergency at all. So uh, <laughs> that was kind of a waste of a four hour, like four hour round trip drive. But you know, when you manage, when you, when you have properties away from you, you actually have to force yourself to develop the systems and people so that when something goes wrong, like, that it can operate by itself, right? Because you just can't physically be there. Um, so I think that's I think that's just a blessing because if you're if it's further away, then you can actually run a automated a run a real business. So for me, it's like you're always working and you're if you're the one cleaning or you're the one doing all the customer service and there's no path for you to get out. I don't consider that a business, right? You really just kind of bought yourself another job because without you, 
there'd be no business. So it's not really a business should be able to operate without the owner there. Right. Mm. That's a real bit. So that's like a business that has its own for the Airbnb game. Then it's like its own cleaners, maintenance, customer service, right. That you're just there making sure that everything works right. And that's when you can actually build the business. And so that's what I always like. That's what I always preach to people too, is like, get units that are profitable enough to support a cost structure that takes you out of it. Cause if you're always in it, then you're never going to be able to grow. And, you know, you won't be to, it's hard to kind of achieve those, you know, aspirations that you have for yourself before you did all the hard work and put all that blood, sweat, you know, put all that money into it too. I mean, 10 K for a two bedroom, it's still $10,000 cash. It's still real money. You can finance on credit cards, do all that stuff. But in the end, like you're still on a hook for that, that money. And I uh, just want people to, make money from that right and not be uh you know not have these fire sales where they have to get out for nothing um because it's a it's it's painful yeah <laughs> so yeah just like just like you know like for us it's like i'm older i'm 42 years old right just seen a lot like it's just balance right just like you know not too hot not too cold just like steady eddie like grow you know live your life uh take care of your kids make money be happy you know go to the gym be healthy like just you know all those things you know like you know just enjoy hey, life there you go <laughs> like so, yeah. ain't that about go ahead steve no no i tell my partner federico you know we, we built this business together we we uh, arbitrage own manage over 70 units you know what i'm saying and so and so we've we've grown this in the past couple of years and and written recently you know some of our clients are struggling you know, and so it's just been the oversaturation of certain markets and, and people are, are freaking out. You know, the, the profits aren't what they used to be right now and this and that. And but but I told him, dude, it's 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 the cycle of, of any business, any business, you know, a horse and buggies came came along back a long time ago. But the first dude that made a horse and buggy was killing it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Then everybody <laughs> then everybody made horse and buggies. And he's like, what? But <laughs> but I mean, it's just every single business. Right. But you got to make the best horse and buggy, I guess. You yeah. got to make the best, like you said, you know, make a, a premium quality product that can, uh, you know, outlast, you know, these these scrubs that come to the market that start trying to price their thing as low as possible and, and given a, a shitty product. But you just you just make a great product at, at a, and making a good profit at a good price. And, and you're just going to outlast these people. I said, this, it, yeah, right now it's oversaturated. But all these people are going to go away as soon as their arbitrage leases, you know, end or even before. Even before. I'm, even before, I'm hearing a lot of these complexes saying, yeah, these people are just a lot of people are just giving up their, lease, you know, walking out, you know, whatever evictions they're doing evictions left and right. And so it's, it's just the cycle of any business. As, as long as we're doing it as best we can, providing a good product. Don't worry about these scrubs that come to the market, try to drive the prices down. They're going to go away. They're going to go away. Yeah, I mean, competing on prices is a loser's game. Um, you just you're gonna attract the wrong people, and it's gonna cause real problems for you. So, yeah, look, I mean, look, this it's gonna shake out in the next 12, 18 months. A lot of people that got in, you know, past six, nine months that didn't do it right, um, you know, they're gonna have they're gonna have to learn. They're gonna have to learn in. They've been playing the game on easy mode for the last. <laughs> I like that. Time, that for the last six nine months. But the game's gonna go on hard mode real, real soon. So, <laughs> you know, like that boss is not gonna be that easy to beat anymore. <laughs> so you gotta be careful. And you're competing against a lot, you're gonna you're competing against people like me, right? People like you, like people that have systems, have people. Um, if you're like a solo operator there that you know is still trying to figure things out, 
if you're just on Airbnb, for example, right? Like you need to be on all platforms. I tell everyone, I tell everyone that like, you gotta be, we're on booking, we're on Verbo, we're on Expedia. Um, like those things are like, that's a, that's a must have for, for like an STR business, but it's not easy. Uh-huh. It's easy to say it's hard to do, right? You got to actually learn how to use booking.com and deal with their policies. You got to learn how to like invoice properly. You got to learn how to avoid chargebacks and manage messaging, managing calendars, like all these different things. You got to, you got to manage different review processes, different, like different um, uh, damage policies. And a lot of people can't do that. Um, that's where that if you can, right, then you are going to be a, like, you're going to, if you got to be able to do things that other people can't, right. That's how you're going to be successful. Because if you're just doing every, what, if you're doing everything, if you're just on price labs and Airbnb and like, you know, getting the $8,000 like package from Ikea, you're just like everyone else. And it works when the game is on easy mode, but it does not work when the game's on medium or hard mode. And like, that's where the game is being played now. Um, so just, you know, level up or level out <laughs> or get out. Oh, level up or level out. I love that. (laughs) I think that's a good place to end this podcast. What do you think, Micah? Yes, sir, man. Like, man, thank you for coming on and dropping these gems, man. I I love how you, you've got a diversified portfolio. You got the arbitrage side, you got the owner side and man, this is really good talking to you. I'll definitely, I'm going to be in touch with you and Alex. I'm about to slide in Alex's DMS now, actually, but yeah, I love that uh, tip you gave out. Uh, shout out to Alex. That's it's all his idea. I'm just I'm just copying his. So uh, no, thanks for having me on, guys. Now this is re- this is really fun. Like you guys, great show. Um, and you know, thanks for letting me tell the story. Oh yeah, for sure. Thanks for hopping on, bro. Where can people find you? Uh, best place to find me is on Instagram. Uh, my handle is uh, Michael Chang B N B M I C H A L C H A N G B N B. That's where I talk about my journey. And if I can be helpful for you there, send me a DM and. Um, hopefully I can uh, be of service to you. Awesome, bro. Thanks for hopping on. And we will uh, hopefully talk to you again in the future. Likewise. Thanks again for having me on. Later. Man, that was another good episode, man. Uh, I dropped a lot of good gems, man. I I love that vacation rental market play. I think that's definitely something I'm going to get into in the future. Vacation rentals and multifamily because yeah, vacation rental markets, it's, the money people make is insane in that high season. Insane. It is. And so many, and I always tell my stories about Padre. So many of these places come, hey, fully furnished. So that, like that's a perk. And then I've talked to designers before, you know, like Sarah and them. Like, uh, first thing we do is throw away all that stuff they got in there. <laughs> you know, it's like, Seriously. it don't matter. Fully furnished, fully, fully furnished ain't really a perk. It's just furniture you got to get rid of. It really is, man. And one thing he said, I actually wrote down something. I need to re you when you've been in. Okay. So me and you, we've been doing this six, seven years, six years now, right? Mm. Our units. And I saw a video from TJ. He said this too, back in the day, it's, it's like what you always say. You could have just went and got some Ikea shit, threw it in a house and boom. grandma's furniture. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then we're like, if you have units that you own and been operating a while, this is a cost that people don't really talk about. You have to have time to revamp those units. That is something people don't talk about. And that's something I'm, I have to do right now. I just thought about it. I have one unit. It's been operating for like six years, right? My my one of my first house that I had, it's been operating for like six years, but the market's changed, right? I need a king size bed in there. When I was doing it back in the day, I was just doing the queens and all of your room. I'm like, damn, I forgot to put a queen king size bed in there. 
and my unit that I opened up, the newer one, it's more updated than the one that has like 200 reviews. You know what I mean? So I'm like, well, damn, I got to update it to look like that one with the king size bed. So that's one thing people do take into account when you do own these properties. And I wish I would have asked him about that because uh, I know he's been doing the vacation rental markets for a while. After you've owned a unit for a while, new things come into place. You have to be ready to upgrade that unit. Like right now, one thing I'm doing, I'm putting rice cookers in all my places. That's one new thing that the Airbnb and the other platforms are, you know, putting as a checkbox, you know, mm. rice cookers, uh, bread, bread makers and stuff. But yeah, that's one thing that revamp cost. Yeah. That, that kind of reminds me, you know, as um, my buddy, uh, David Law, you know, David Law, he helped out. Yeah. Yeah, D-Law. Um, he's been in the hotel industry for fucking 30, 40 years. It's been a long time, right? Yeah. So they are, they've been do, they've been doing this for mm-hmm. years. They've been doing like, okay, we know the furniture is functional. The furniture looks, I mean, it's okay. It's not, it's not bad, whatever. But every few years, they do a whole complete facelift, man. And, and, it's, and we can pick up furniture there from hotels for a decent price. And, and it still looks good, still functions, still nice, you know, nice beds, nice sofas, whatever. But they know they can't just keep this old shit in there. They all it's, it's part of their business plan. They got to re they got to keep reinventing themselves. They got to keep making the what's what's popular now, what's modern, what's good looking now. You know, even if it looks you know, if it's functional and everything's fine and they're making all right profits, they got to look to the future. We got to switch this shit out every few years. We can't just stay complacent. I love you said that, man, because that's actually a good if you go stay at like a five star hotel, look at the stuff they have up in there. Like it's there for a reason. These people have done markets, researches on everything and we're throwing that stuff out. Cause I remember, uh, remember we talked to Kim and Ann and that's how they started their business was they went to the people, they got all the stuff from the hotels that were, they were given rid of getting rid of. And that's how they started their business. So yeah, man, that, that revamps, that's huge, man. And hotels are on top of that. Like one thing I seen in the last hotel, I said, I was actually Texas live, you know, they have those new beds now where it's not really, a, it's just a headboard, but it's attached to the wall, but they have lights all around it. After you, mm. you turn the lights on, it goes all around. Man, there's so much stuff. If you have the budget, man, if you could deck your place out like a hotel, do hotels, like a, nice hotels are decked out. They just don't have kitchens and stuff, but yeah, you can get to learn a lot from that. Mm, yeah, so we always got to keep changing, keep grinding, keep reinventing ourselves and our businesses. We can't stay complacent. Facts, man. Facts. This is a very good episode, man. Um, yeah, y'all uh, definitely thank y'all for continuing to listen. Hit us up, live, let thrive at gmail.com. Find us uh, on Facebook, Instagram. I'm back on Instagram. I'm going to try to stay there for a while this time. <laughs> Facebook, Instagram, uh, wherever else you can find us, follow uh, at live, let thrive. And then um, also um, we are going to be launching our YouTube membership in about a couple weeks. And once we get some videos up, just some, you know, content, some snipped content and then some content that you've never seen before. We're going to get that launched and uh, y'all remember to subscribe. And then once we have that up, go ahead and join little cheap cost nine 99 a month. And uh, yeah, man, Stevie stacks. Are just rentals, A R G E S T rentals at gmail.com. Not eat gmail.com, just the dot com. Forget the gmail, argentrentals.com. That's my company. We'll hook you up. We'll we'll manage your units so good and we'll find you units. We're finding turnkeys for you too, man. Hit me up, Stevie Stacks. You'll talk to me. You'll talk to the man, the legend, the myth, all that stuff. And um, ugly houses, crack houses, trap houses. Hit up Micah. 
There you go. <laughs> Ugly houses, trap houses, crack houses. I'm about to put that on a bandit sign. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, hit me up. And uh, yeah, if you got anything for sale, keep us in mind. DFW, Central Arkansas, Houston, let us know. Off market only. And uh, yeah, thank y'all for continuing to listen to us. And we are out. Peace. Later. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Live, Let, Thrive. Be sure to tune in next week for all the latest in the world of Airbnb and all that entails. Bye-bye.